This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However... When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Kedwin Scott. A real pressure penalty. Can he beat Foster? Into a seventh minute of added time. So much tension. Massive moments in the title race. This to make it 3-3. Only adding to the tension. By respotting the ball. Scott for Notts County. Saved! Saved by Foster! Massive moment in the title race. Foster gets the right way. That is some save. Oh, just a brilliant end to this game. Hello, Kreuzer. Thank you for joining us on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. Good Friday was bad, but Monday was manic. Wrexham atop. There's no need to panic. On today's Pumper podcast, we'll look back at a bonkers bank holiday in the National League, preview our trip to Barnet and take a look at where the title could still be won or lost four games left. Let's sit back, let's crack open a can of Fosters and enjoy. I'm Rich Fay, and I'm joined as ever by Mr. Nathan Salter. Nath, I like it, I like it, I like it. Do you like it? Do you like it? Do you like it? I, I can't stop singing that. I'm annoying my colleagues, and also I do work with a Notts County fan who has decided to sit as far away from me as possible. And I've still got some bits of Easter egg left. So it's looking up. We're top of the league. I've got Easter egg left. The Notts County fan at work is ignoring me and uh, trying to keep a low profile. And we're one step closer. It's incredible, isn't it? And I suppose you almost have to couple together the bank holiday results. I don't want to... I'm not too arsed. You know, Friday happened. <laughs> it was just a day where we didn't turn up. Incredible, Crap. incredible uh, away following. What a day it was other than the football again. But... 
I think you can almost say that that was the kick at the backside we needed. It knocked all the complacency out of the side and perhaps without that Friday defeat, Monday doesn't happen. The, the players responded superbly. Throughout the game, I thought we, we were comfortable. We handled it pretty well. I think even first half, not had a lot of the ball, but there was no real threat. They get a free kick that looked very fortuitous. The replay showed that R Rodriguez clipped himself. I don't think it's a dive. He just trips over himself. Linesman, what an absolute nobody he was. But, <laughs> you know, we were the better team. And first half, if we'd gone in level, I would have been a bit disappointed because we hadn't done much. But... We weren't really under threat. You know, there's always right. the, the pessimistic thought of we're Exum, something's going to go wrong here. But second half, out the blocks, the the team selection as well, Nate. I want to start on that really because in a reckless mind, you could so easily have dropped a lot of players from that Halifax game and there would have been vindication to do so. Parky stuck to his guns. He sensed that there, well, he knew, he's done his research. He knew that, he said himself, didn't he, post-match, Notts County are good at a lot of things, but they're bad at some things as well. Their defensive high line was ridiculous, the way that they just were inviting that pressure on. And Wrexham exploited that. The The wing-backs were superb. Mendy, Redemption, Tom O'Connor, the Cork Cannavaro, everyone in that team, absolutely incredible performance. Yeah, I mean, you you know, we were getting a pint in the mice squim before, weren't we? And news drops, Jordan Tonicliffe not involved. We heard some whispers about that, that he was injured and, and you know, not, not in the mix. You know, immediate thoughts, we were thinking, that is bad news. Jordan Tonicliffe, you know, been one of the best players we've had this season. Well, no, the Halifax no, no game was the first game he's played for us and lost, wasn't it? Right, so, right. So, huge. yeah, he, he's obviously huge. He's been a huge presence for us. Not to worry, Tom O'Connor, I thought he was man of the match for us. He was absolutely superb. You're calling him the court Cannavaro. I thought he was absolutely sublime. You know, real, real, really classy on the ball. I know he got that. And, and really, you have to think, he got that early booking, which, you know, was it a bit harsh? Was it a bit... I mean, it, it was a pullback, but I didn't think the ref was going to give much in terms of the cards. It was just funny that of the one he didn't card, he, he didn't give the card to, is it James Jones for not clipping Rodriguez, which obviously turned out to be right. Um, but yeah, Tonikov wasn't there. Tom O'Connor came in. There's a lot of talk in the build-up, mainly about the fullbacks, wasn't it? About the wingbacks. Do you stick with Mendy? Do you stick with Ryan Barnett? And ultimately, he went pace for pace. I thought Chickson and Naman were. I thought Mendy was fabulous on Naman. I thought Naman barely got past him once or twice and never really put a great ball in. And I thought Adam Chickson looked absolutely terrified. I think the occasion massively got the better of him. Um, I've had really high hopes to see what he was about, but I thought Ryan Barnett. You know, for all the talk about what was he going to be like defensively, I thought Maidenhead have proven it to be his toughest test, if you want to say Halifax. But I thought Maidenhead ran him, you know, ran him the most um, in terms of the, bringing in the most difficulty. Against Adam Chickson, who's got, what, double-digit goals. I thought he was brilliant. And, yeah, like you said, he could have he could have easily changed it. I know from, you know, you covering United, Rich, it's Ten Hag's done that, though, hasn't he? He's like, go out there. Give me a response. And, you know, here yeah. at Foster as well, in his podcast, he was saying, basically, Parky said, you've got to go and make it up to those fans. You said about yeah, I... 4,500. You need you needed, essentially, an on-pitch on pitch apology. And they yeah. did that. Yeah, again, just on a tangent, that is exactly what Eric Ten Hag did. After Man United lost 7-0 against Liverpool, he named an unchanged team. And he said, mm. go out there and rectify your mistakes. Prove that you're a lot better than you were in the last game. And it was, yeah, it was... Uh, a masterclass, really, and I do think that I will hammer home again. I bloody love him. And you can see the passion full-time as well from him. 
Parky in Parky we trust. Phenomenal man management from him. And as well, I felt like not to try to call his bluff with the high line. You know, there's a temptation there that Wrexham try and be a bit more defensive and don't really have an answer. First half, we could get through two or three times if the linesman's not trying to make it all about right. him. And we take an early lead and it's a completely different game anyway. But to carry on playing that same way in the second half, it was ballsy and it yeah. paid off. It was... It, there was a clear weakness there and there's always going a sense of well we need to exploit it we need to finally get in behind I mean we'd already got in behind anyway but the linesman was saying incorrectly that we were offside and we just kept on going kept persevering and oh, yeah I loved it Rich, I absolutely I, loved Rich, it I, I just think they've got you know they've got 100 points playing that way so I just I just think Luke Williams who I would say came across came across very classy I thought at the end you know didn't make excuses really for for how the result went was full of praise for Mullen. Um, he said there was a lot of, Mullen happened, didn't he? Yeah, there was, and... there was a lot. There was a lot of mutual respect at the end. But I thought I think he had his plan. You could see the plan. They weren't going to whip a corner in. They didn't want it. You know, they were very much driven by the analytics of got to get good balls in the box, not quantity, quality over quantity. Which I'm not a massive fan of myself. I'd rather just get it in the mixer and see if you can get a deflection or a bounce, a lucky bounce here or there. Um, but their high line, I mean, yeah, it played right into our hands. And looking back, I mean, what we're saying that with the six offsides, I'd say at least four were onside. I mean, I I, I haven't got them all to hand and, and the notes I'd made on them, but you know, the linesmen, some of them were really, really egregious. And it, it seemed like the commentary team didn't want to say too much because they were, you know, there's one in particular that's springing to mind. Ollie Palmer was a good yard, I would say, in front of the defender. Um, and that, that you know another bizarre call, but really I think the big disappointment from the first half, Rich, and I'm sure that Parky, you know, said it to him at half time is, did Sam Slocum have one shot to save in 45 minutes? You know, I, I don't think he was poor on the day overall. I don't think he had a lot to do with the goals, but we didn't test him enough. I don't think in that first 45, and in the second half, you know, we came out like a whirlwind, and and once we did, Moen had the bit between his teeth. Elliot Lee, I thought, grew into the game in the second half. Owen O'Connell turned into Ryan Barnett. I don't know what he was doing out out wide. He was, was doing some sort rugby of rugby drop kick. That wasn't it. It he was Johnny Sexton esque, mate. What was yeah, going on? And, and the defenders didn't know what to do. They all left it, thinking, "Well, that's going to just trickle out and be ours." And he carried on running. He just bamboozled yeah, everyone. He's. I, I love Owen O'Connell. He's not the most sort of orthodox centre-back, is he? He has that acrobatic effort that hits the bar as well. This, Were you, you know, saying he, that when he'd handled the ball at the end, though? Were you saying, well, love me some well, Owen O'Connell? I mean, are we doing this in, like, chronological? I, I don't we can, we sorry. I'm a, jumping ahead. I'm jumping game, ahead. But no, because, yeah, we'll, we'll get onto that later, because that was just stunned silence and disbelief <laughs> that we'd somehow wrexhamed it. From, from the most improbable position. So, Rich, but... what, Rich, what were you saying at half-time? Because I was on the concourse with some oh, I was people swearing. in the middle I was, hor- I was a horrible little We won't repeat exactly what we were saying, but I was. I, what I was saying was, the next. if we get the next goal, this place will explode. And I maybe couldn't see it coming. I was thinking, I, I said, look, this is a season-defining 45 minutes for us. We've lost at Halifax. You know, Foster as well has already come out and said that Halifax just wanted it more than our lads, which is... You know, bitter pill to swallow. It doesn't matter so much now because you, you've gone on one on Monday. But it really was, I thought, a defining 45 minutes. We didn't play too poorly in the first half. They've scored a free kick again in front of you in the tech end. Brilliant free kick or or have we got to look at the wall there? In, in, you know, the fact the wall didn't jump. 
I think now the game's over and we've won and got the three points. Well, it doesn't matter, does it? But a little it, bit of praise. It's a in the moment. Kick. He still has to moment. put it in the top corner. Always a bit annoyed that the wall doesn't jump. But then if the wall jumps and he puts it under the wall, you're probably complaining for not having someone lying down. So. Rich, what are you, I was going to say, what are your thoughts on the lying down behind the wall? I'm not the a massive excluder. fan, personally. Yeah, the draft yeah, excluder. I mean, you've got to be such a world-class, talented player to do that sort of free kick anyway. I can, I can envisage the one... De Bruyne scored against Cardiff and Messi scored one as well, but they're so rarely seen those sort of they free are. kicks that I think it's a waste of having a, a outfield player on, on the ground for it. But but you, you know, know look, it, at half it time happens. I was yeah it happens and I, look I was it happened it's it's his first goal since what 2016, you know that that was probably the best moment for the it away just fans. Felt the inevitable best limbs. to me that that was going to go in. Do you know what I just yeah, I really right. I know you can say in hindsight, but. I just felt like I'd seen it all before. And thankfully this time, the entire match had a different twist in the tail. But to me, it was just panning out like every Wrexham game and all the heartbreak I've seen over the last years. It was reminding me of the Grimsby game. It was reminding me of Sheffield United, these incredible yeah. performances that we somehow found a way not to win, even though we'd played so well and deserved to win. And it just felt to me like the game was going to get away. But this is Rich, the new Wrexham. Rich, we don't I, I, do that. I, I, no, I, I thought the psychology at halftime was fascinating and I would have loved to have seen the, the, the two respective team talks because I think at halftime... There would have been a lot of enthusiasm from parties yes, at halftime. But I think, I think if you're looking from the Knots perspective, the door was wide open. The door had swung open for you to... You're 45 minutes away from taking control of the title race. You know, the challenge for them was you've dominated possession in the first half. Wrexham have been, you know, caught out by some really poor officiating. Don't get me wrong. So it could have looked very different. But from a Knots perspective, you're looking at it going, the door has swung open. You've got a chance to take control of the title race for 45 minutes. What are you made of? Are you going to be able to withstand the pressure that Wrexham will bring? From a Wrexham perspective, it's, look, lads, lose this. They're going to take control of the title race. You've we're at home, the atmosphere is brilliant, get one goal, this place will turn and it'll be a real test of the mentality of the away players. And you saw, you got an early goal. I think, look, if, if that had gone on that rich, that wait for 20, 15, 20 minutes, who knows? But the the intensity with which Mulling came out with, I thought just showed why he's the division's best player. I think I I, I really did think it showed why he is so good because if he's not in the game... Well, he's never not in the game. He'll drop deep. He'll go out he'll wide. Do he'll something. do. He'll always. He'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. He'll do whatever it, he, he plays like. And, and that's what I mean. And I, I know that. Yeah. Like, let's put, this is what I'd say. Like, I've tried to think of comparisons all week, and for me, there is this sort of very vague. Here, I don't want to get into it, but it's kind of like Langstaff's like a Haaland sort of player, and for me, Mullen's like an Mbappe. Like, if you want goals, you want that number nine in the box who's just got score, 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 score. But if they have an off day, they won't really do much. Whereas a player like Mullin can take the game by the scruff of the neck. He's so industrious. He works so hard. He drops back. He does all the running. He does all the dirty work as well. He's a complete forward. He's an absolute menace in the forward line. And I think that might be the very best Paul Mullin performance I've I've seen. And for me, the only slight injustice, he won't give a shit, but for me, the only injustice is that by full time, it was all about Ben Foster. Whereas for me, Paul Mullen, I've said before, we take for granted how good this player is. He is my favourite ever Wrexham player. 
he is just the perfect sort of role model of someone who just works so hard. All the awareness and everything he's doing off the pitch as well. The autism celebration he does Great. to raise awareness. He is just an absolute incredible role model. Incredible, humble and proper professional as well. Full time comes. I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's on the BT Sport Unfiltered, I think. They're speaking before they give their BT chat and he says, oh, this isn't f***ing done yet. So excuse my French again there. But he says, this <laughs> isn't done. You know, we've just won, but it doesn't count for that much because we've not won the title yet. Yeah, right. And then after the game as well, he doesn't have to do this, but he interrupts the interview and says, by the way, the media have been trying to portray it as me You're versus right. Langstaff. That ain't, that ain't a rivalry. I admire him. He set the record. He's an incredible striker. This isn't about right. me versus him. Credit to him. But we've just got to w- take this win in and go win the title now. And I thought that was just so humble. Class. What a what a classy man. Because I know you've got to. We when we lose, he handles himself incredibly, and when we win, he does so as well. He didn't have to do that. He could have really enjoyed the moment and savored it. And of course, he still does that to a degree. But until he's got that trophy in his hands, he is gonna stay level-headed, and that is what gives me the, re- the reassurance heading to the last four games. Even though I'm an eternal pessimist, you you are. Um, but I know I love Paul Mullen, but I I can't shake the starry-eyed feeling I I get when I think about Juan Ugarte. Maybe that's just the nostalgia when I was growing up, and you know, absolutely loved him as my favourite Wrexham striker. So look, Paul Mullen's on his way. To, I said I said it before, legendary status. Um, but there's something, yeah, there's something about still, there's something about Juan Ugarte that he's clinging on to my all-time favourite Wrexham player, and I know. Other friends of mine, their current, you know, all-time favourite players, clinging on by a thread because Paul Mullen is making it increasingly difficult. But you know, look, look Rich, these kind of players, you know, Bento's is, is what now, thirty-three, Mullen's twenty-eight or something. You know, these players drop down in, in some in their peak of their powers, some towards the end of their careers, with with the aim of getting Rex into the football league at the first time of asking. It didn't happen. They're now at the second time of asking. They're, they're not here to just banging goals for fun in the conference. I don't think Paul Mullen's got any desire to just keep knocking them in in the conference. Do you know what I mean? He's very much eager to further Wrexham and his you know, his own career. I'm sure he wants to play as high as possible and, and, and with Wrexham. So, you know, he won't be satisfied until... And even, he, he strikes me as the type of guy that even if we, we, we now go on and seal it and we get the winner's medal, his mind will be turning to, right, we've got to go do it again now in League Two. He's just got this unbelievable, yeah, he's this insatiable ambition. And been top right. goal scorer, so why would he right. not want to go and do that again? And I'm, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think this Wrexham team is at least as special, as good as, maybe it can be as good as that Coventry team, that uh, sorry, the Cambridge, Cambridge team that he, won, yeah, yeah. that he won the league with anyway. I also want to point out there, Nathan, for a little interjection, I thought Ben Toza was class. Um, I mean, I loved his interview on TalkSport this week. I'm, I mean, Ian Ryan Reynolds says he can be his, his new stepdad if he gets us promoted. That comment, bizarre. Wow, yeah. I mean, if, if I don't know this, how you come I back mean, from do, that. Do you want to play the cl- the clip now, in case? Yeah, I'll play. I'll, I'll play part of the clip of Ben Toza talking to Talksports Laura Woods. I'm hearing lots of stories, Ben. I'm hearing that Ryan Reynolds calls uh, Ben Foster handsome. I'm hearing that Ryan Reynolds' mum <laughs> is flirting with you as well. You're her favourite. What's going on? <laughs> not quite favourite, I don't think. You know, we had a lovely hug though. Um, <laughs> she's not a bad looking woman at 77. It's uh, it's got to be said. Oh, uh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Ooh. Listen, um, you know, Ryan and, and uh, Rob are very emotional. They love, you know, handing out hugs. And it's not the first time he's, he's called someone handsome as well. So it's, uh, yeah, you know. 
uh, I mean, Rich, what can we, what, what do we say to that? What do we say yeah, to Ben Toza hitting on? looking at seventy-seven. I mean, and, and look, Ben Ben Toza collects the fines. I think he's in charge of the fine system now. If anyone doesn't know about you know footballer fines, I mean, back in the day, it used to be like we've had Dean Keats on before and others, and basically the captain or whoever it would be would collect fines. And it would go towards the Christmas due usually. You know, the players would have a night out around Christmas time and all the fines throughout the season would go towards that. Um, and I'm sure maybe that's still the case or the lads will do something, I'm sure, with the end of the season with the fine money. Um, but it could be all sorts. It could be, I mean, some of them are wearing flip-flops in the shower, on your phone in the dressing room. I'm not sure where hitting on the owner's mum comes in on the fine list like ryan said get us promoted you can do what you want <laughs> you know that's he was that's the character of the stick for ben he was he was ace he was brilliant he and was Rich, the thing ace. is with ben tozer is that i have said it before but he's had so much change around him and yet he's just been this you know beacon of light really in the middle and just everything is revolving around him he's had Max in there at the start of the season, and then he's had Lennon uh, occasionally, and he's had Tonicliffe, and he's had Hayden, and he's had O'Connell, and Tom O'Connor, and then he's had Lainton behind him, he's had Howard behind him, now he's got Foster, he's had different midfielders in front of him. He's really been the only one who has been there the whole way through, and he never once, you know, really looked phased. Sure, he's had off games, of course he has, he hasn't had a flawless campaign, but I think... Look, think, we both like, said like it. Paul said, Mullen is, I think he Paul could be the shout for yeah. the sort of player's play of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's just so hard to look past Mullen for all these awards, though, isn't it? But I would, you know what? I, I would love to see someone else maybe get that player's player as a, as well, a yeah, more they, kind there of. There should be a reward. That, there should be an award that says Paul Mullen's player of the season. But this is in case we're not including him because he's so obvious, isn't it? I mean, yeah, or, or maybe maybe players player of the season and players player can be just two different things because the players often. Um, maybe it's a little bit harsh, but you know, players often respect different different facets of the game. Do you know what I mean? And they, they might they might want to reward whether it's a winger or a midfielder or or yeah, you know, well, they they often like to reward different things. That does yeah, like you said, which I think Toza certainly was. But we've spoken about him every I think the last three four weeks is the unsung. Hero, I mean, so he's probably not the unsung hero anymore. But Rich yeah. in the in youth football, I don't know whether you ever had this. I wasn't that good at youth football to, Most the, improved. to the shock of. Uh, no, I won Clubman of the Year, so I would Clubman turn up. Of the year. Okay. Yeah, so I would turn up. Uh, my kit would always be washed. I'd have good. I'd have. I've had a great. I'd had a great attitude. You know, I would play. I would train. I Nate's would play kit very was little. Washed. On the he bench. never got it dirty. He, he uh, stood you know, there. I'd be on the bench. I wouldn't really need to get it dirty. I would barely play. Um, but you know what I mean. But that was a kind of like you know what you're being rewarded for just having a good attitude and, and turning up and and whatever. A kind of turn up for the season award, but. You know, it, it would be good if someone else in the squad got that recognition. And I think at least you tried medal. Basically, yeah. And I've got, I've, I've probably still got it at home somewhere. Um, but I did try. But I think definitely trying. Ben Toza, and he's doing more than trying. He's playing very well. Any other shouts, maybe for an unsung hero that that oh, we're definitely going to sing? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, every, I mean, from Monday, every single one of them. It almost feels Brilliant. ridiculous to point out one player. I mean, like we said, O'Connor to come back in out of position, do what he did is, Brilliant. is incredible. He's and just so composed on the ball, Rich. He just doesn't look It's just the phased, madness that really. this guy didn't play for months and months. We didn't know what he did. And he comes into the team and he's this 
amazing. It's the same as what yeah. happened with Tunnicliffe Cliff this season. Parky just slowly easing a player in. It looks a bit wild from the outside, but it's the proof is in the pudding. Like, it was just incredible. Every single player, I thought the strike force worked really well. I thought Palmer was selfless again, putting himself about, running into the ground, trying to press as, as high as possible. Midfield functioned superbly again as well. I thought every single one of them, it just... I love this team, and I just so so hope that we all get the the grand finale that that we want. And Nath, speaking of the grand finale, then the penalty, it was a hushed silence. I text you, I think at three two. There was the Dolby <laughs> miss, wasn't there? And I said, "This is Sheffield United all over again." You did. We, I you just did. you just knew Notts would get one more chance. The ball comes over. They get the overload. They've got a free man at the on the near post. I don't know how that happened. They chip it over. It's cleared away. Langstaff and O'Connell go for the ball. It is a handball. There's a it's real bouncy. confusion. There's a confusion. The ball's cleared. We're down the other end. And it's hushed silence. A huge cheer from the away end. Penalty to Notts County. And I just dreaded it. I got my coat, stood up in my chair, <laughs> was swearing and just saying, right, I want to go. I'm How have we done this? How has this happened again? It always happens. I said the Grimsby game the Sheffield United game, these games that we should have won and we somehow didn't. This weakness as well to balls being played into the box. I know for their second goal, a man unmarked at the back post, which is a reoccurring issue and has been. I just felt so pessimistic at that moment. I think I'm allowed to on this occasion. But then, the moment. And the Titanic music doesn't even do it justice. That... I've, that is one of the greatest footballing moments I've ever witnessed at any level, anywhere in the world. Goosebumps just thinking about it. Rich, there was a young lad behind me and a, and a guy, I, apologies, I didn't get either of their names, which is poor from me. Um, but I just turned to when the penalty had been given and look, I was quite a way away from it um, towards the tech end side of the mold road. And it looked like a penalty, it, 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 you know, and it was a penalty. You have to say when you when you watch it back. I turned to him and I said, he, he, he's going to save this. And look, you know, you could say, well, you know, you, you've got a 50% chance of being right. You, you know, either way, if it goes in, oh, well, he's gone in. And if he saves it, you look like Nostradamus. But I, I just had a feeling that I just thought, you know what? Everything seems to be aligning, you know, Foster coming in. He's he's made some big saves. I thought he made a really big save on Sam Austin a few moments before. Um, could do nothing about the second goal, obviously. And you know, I, I thought he'd made that big save. I just thought I just had a feeling, and especially when he respotted the ball. I know it kind of moves slightly, but when it wasn't Rodriguez, you know, his tooth had been knocked out. It wasn't Rodriguez. Rodriguez taking all their pens this season. I, I think there's Kedwin got taken a couple for Gateshead before he joined Notts County. I don't know, not many. I just had a feeling. I said to the lad, I said, I said he was really stressing out. I said, look, I think he'll save this. Everyone was like, no, 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 no. And um, anyway, yeah, they respot it. And uh, look, even I was holding my breath when they, when he when he steps up. But what a moment! I mean, he saves it with one hand, he palms it away with the other. It done the homework with Aiden Davison, and then yeah, the the it was really funny actually that Foster said he hates, you know, and he's called goalkeepers out before for celebrating um celebrating saves he, he thinks you're being a douchebag to, to use his words um if you celebrate a save but how could you not you know the magnitude of that it was because i honestly think i know luke williams said after that 
a draw really wouldn't have it wouldn't have made much difference because they needed to beat us and yada yada yada. I honestly think a draw it psychologically in that circumstance would have been huge. They'd have stayed top. We'd have needed to go to Barnet and win. We'd have, we'd there would have, have been to no to room for error, would there? Right. I, I, so I said this before the game that I think it's huge. After the defeat on Friday, that it was a must-win game for us because you, there just has to be room for and the mitigation for us to perhaps have an off day or something not to go right. I just thought it was too big a risk, and like you said, particularly in that circumstance, if they equalise, then that is as as Rob said on the dock. Some draws feel like a win, some feel like a loss. We would have been deflated, and they would have been elated. And I think it would have completely changed the title complexion. So to to have that, hopefully we can look at it as that was the moment that you know we pulled clear and, and go on to win the thing. But Rich, here's <laughs> I'm a, not here's a question. Away yet. Rich, here's a here's a hypothetical question though. Um, say I don't know. Say say Mullen had been, had gone off the pitch at the end there. Say he just he'd gone off and we'd got a penalty. Who would you have wanted to take our penalty? Because I was looking at Knotts and I was thinking, if that was me, I would have been itching for... If I was a Knotts fan, I'd have been itching for Macaulay Langstaff to take it. You've scored 41 goals, whatever it is. You know, this the, the, the penalty is statistically your best chance of scoring a goal, isn't it? You know, the it's 12 yards. It's different though, isn't it? As I know it is, but I know. Himself, but, I know it is. But I but agree. I, and this was something that, again, from my line of work, that Man City fans always had, that they were putting penalty takers on who weren't the best kickers of the ball. And since right. they moved to sort of De Bruyne and Haaland, their penalties have been a lot more clinical. But uh, yeah, I, for me, I'd love I'd love to know who our best takers Elliot are. Elliot Lee, maybe. I'd, I think he'd be a good take. Look, Mullins good. Palmer used to take pens for Wimbledon. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure he. I'm sure he took pens for Wimbledon. Tom and um, just Elliot looked Lee. world class at taking every oh, set piece. So he, yeah, he looks brilliant. He looks absolutely brilliant. Um, and there's usually always a defender that's top class. I mean, Ben Toes has proven it in front of the tech end a couple of times. He's got a fair strike on him. Has he he's volleyed got a, a cannon, couple of top he? corner? Yeah, he's got a cannon. Um, anyway, but that, you know, I'd love to. I'd love to know. Maybe in the summer, in the, you know, in preseason or something, we'll get a kind of shootout challenge, or the club will do some something like that. That'd be good to know. Um, because yeah, I mean, Mullins an excellent taker for us, but I'm just curious. I'm curious like that. I'd love to know who uh, who's doing what. But Rich, the one thing I wanted to ask you that I was so delighted to see, Jacob Mendy started and delivered. What did you make of his performance? I mean, we are contractually obliged to say how much we love uh, Mendy. <laughs> Mendy. He was dreadful at Halifax. A lot of yeah. the players were. He'd been off the boil for three or four games, really, and he was very lucky to keep his place. But my God, did he redeem himself. <laughs> cool finish the run to the box he's pointing to Mullen where he wants the ball and he was just a fawn in their sides all afternoon because Barnett is such an obvious outlet on the right that you know they have to compensate for him but having Mendy as well offering similar threat on the other flank just meant that they were always stretched and it would only ever take one ball 
for us to sort of not rip apart, but definitely tear open the Notts County defence and have that overload. And I just thought our entire sort of approach was brilliant. The way that we were keeping the ball, pinging that pass. I know we didn't have loads of the possession. We didn't have as many passes as Notts County, but we didn't need to because we were so quick in our transitions and so quick at moving the ball from A to B, either from the from back to front or from left to right, and really stretching them open, creating those overloads in the wide areas. And we've always had sort of one winger who's really fast and got that direct burst of pace. But now that now that we've got two on either flank, it means that we really do have that balance and we're less predictable in our attacks. We can switch it up on the fly. And yeah, I just thought it was brilliant. And again, to sort of pull us full circle ballsy from Parky to stick with that because I would have had no complaints whatsoever if McFadden had started I'm very glad he didn't yeah look Mendy you know Parky had a word with him it must have just I, I really felt like personally it was just a confidence thing you know no one really played great at Halifax did they so it wasn't just Mendy that, that stuck out but Mendy before that had, had had an up and down game some people said he did brilliantly some people said he done poorly and and he, and he comes across to me as quite a quiet guy. You know, I think there's a lot of people in that dressing room who are very extroverted. You know, you look at Foster, I think he's good at getting people out of their shell. You look at Ollie Palmer, people like that, Elliot Lee. I think these are the kind of people that are quite extroverted. But from my very limited dealings with Jacob Mendy, he seems quite quite a quiet guy. And, and that's not always great for a manager when, you know, a player is, is already in their shell a little bit. And I, I think he... You just saw, Rich, the celebration for Mendy was, oh, that was... Iconic. That was one of the... Yeah, that, I mean, it, obviously the penalty save was the best was the best celebration of the, of the day for me, but um, the Mendy one was just great, you know, it, and it wasn't an easy finish. You have to say, I know it looks like, well, that you just flashed it When you're running the onto the ball and, like that, you've got no. to slow down your momentum and stay composed, otherwise you blast it over the back of the net. You can't be leaning back. And yeah, just really calm and composed and... Yeah, it doesn't go right into the corner, but Slocum is beaten. And yeah, I nothing he was... can do about that. Nothing he can do about that. And I'd also say even Mullins' goal, you know, the ball across from James Jones, that's so easy. To... I've seen so many players, admittedly not as, ta- not as talented as Paul Mullins, they swing the leg at it, they miss the ball for a split second and they're just kicking air, you know, and he, he caressed that in. Um, and then to tee up, this, you know, the, the awareness, the selflessness to tee up Elliot Lee again from Mullins was just top class. And... Uh, you know, had Sam Dolby sealed it at four-two, you know, we, we may never have had that that dramatic moment. But to win it in that circumstance, I just think is Dolby loves you know, drama, doesn't amazing. he? He, he, he just thought four-two would be too easy. These Wrexham he fans, did. they <laughs> don't like doing things the easy way. Let's just spice it up with a savable shot and uh, let it go down the other end. But you know, Sam Dolby has saved us in this title race more than he's cost us, hasn't he? I know. I mean that his goal his goal cup, his goal but... at older shot, yeah. But his goal at older shot, the header exactly. that's absolute that is I mean and that is one uh, I mean we'll, maybe at the end of the season we'll go back and pick out moments key moments season, rich. Yeah. You think but of I James think... Jones against Bromley, you think of that against yeah. Aldershot. Hayden in the last minute against Maidstone. Maidstone away. And the older shot away, I mean that really was seconds left in a game we'd played really poorly. And yeah, that when we get onto that in the coming weeks, and let us know if you want to let us know your maybe key moments, turning points, big things that stand out to you in this title race, because no one game defines a season. So as much as Notts County haven't lost or we haven't won the league based on on Monday's game, as big as that was, it was obviously a monumental result. 
let us know. Rob Ryan Red on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Rob Ryan Red Pod on TikTok if you're over on there. Thanks to all those who are supporting that, and Rob Ryan Red at gmail.com on email. title race then Wrexham four games left seven points seals the title I'm maybe in the camp that Wrexham are the only team that can win a title decider and not win the title I'm not getting carried (laughs) away just yet but it is in our hands two wins and a draw will do it and the fact that like you said that it wasn't a draw against Notts County does mean there's an allowance we can draw a game and lose a game we only have to win two of the last four we're in a very good position, aren't we? And you've got to back this group of lads to to get over the line now. Oh, I was I was backing the lads before Halifax, and I have to admit, Friday night I was starting to get a little bit sweaty that I'd maybe jumped the gun a little bit. I was, you know, I was so confident. I predicted what a four 0 win at Halifax. You know, I was getting, I, I was just very confident before then. I just thought that there's no way this group of lads will throw it away. There's so, there's too much talent. There's too much now, too much experience at a higher level to throw this away now. Um, look, it's one of them where I, I, the Barnet, I know it's Barnet's the next one, so it's always the most important game, but that one feels like the potential banana skin. I, I think we'll win that, but I'm saying if, if for whatever reason we have another off day like Halifax, then suddenly you're getting a little bit more jittery and then you need seven from nine, you know. And uh, so, yeah, if you if you win against Halli- if you win against uh, Barnet, Yeovil could already be down by that point, I think. You know, Scunthorpe have already been relegated, Maidstone have been relegated. Yeovil are clinging on and Torquay are fighting back. You know, if you go into Boreham Wood on that Saturday where I'm pretty sure the trophy will be there if we can win it that day or if it's already been won, and you know you need a point, or, or or it's already done by then. That's what you want, isn't it? I mean, you want yeah. to put all that. You want to put maximum pressure on Notts County in that late kickoff because they're going to be watching our game, fans and players, I'm sure. And they'll be hoping for any kind of slip up, any kind of door to swing open, and and we've got to make sure we slam it shut. Yeah, we'll get onto our specific Barnet preview later in the podcast, but like you said, there, Nate, you know, it's it's the fact that we can win it and win at home as well and it's in our hands and the precedent is that you know if Wrexham do have it sewn up by or on the day of the Boreham Wood game then that would be the day traditionally where we'd get the title there's always been a a preference for teams to lift it at their home stadium as well so if we did win it on the Boreham Wood day we'd expect the title lift then and the guard of honour at Torquay on the final day but as Paul Muller said we can't get carried away with that just yet and Nath, away from the pitch, there's also the news this week that the council are going to announce substantial amount of existing gateway funding for the COP development. So this is the plan B that Sean Harvey spoke about when he joined us on Rob Brown Red. You can go back and listen to that if you haven't already. But yeah, it sounds like there should be some clarity and movement really on the COP redevelopment. 
Yeah, you know, the, the council are very much eager to play a part. And, uh, you know, Wrexham.com were reporting on Wednesday that basically, yeah, the, the council are going to put forward substantial... Uh, substan- I mean, look, you're talking about 25 million gateway funding. Uh, and the gateway is more than just the COP, but including the development of the COP. And there was disappointment when the levelling up funding didn't come earlier in the year. Um but look, the cop, the, the wheels have been turning for a long time. The demolition started um, without delay, and um, yeah, I mean, this is very good news. You know, the council are keen to. I mean, look, the council want to support the football club as much as possible, and you see, you saw that with giving Robin Ryan the freedom of Wrexham. I don't want to call out my sister too much, but she was very confused what giving them the freedom meant. She thought we all had freedom to uh, do as ever we please. Uh, but I had to explain to her that no, they've got a special um, honour. For, uh, for just for everything that they've done for for putting Wrexham on the map and uh, and you know for for just bringing the football club back to life really um, but yeah it, very good news in terms of the cop front it's it's gone quite quiet on that but you know councils are set to consider this new package to finance key parts of the the gateway project which will include the new cop so positive news that the cop can't be built fast enough can it the demand for tickets. Uh, and I'm also after, if anyone is listening, I don't understand, I, I hate that I have to do this, but um, if anyone does have a golden ticket, as I call them now, one for Boreham Woods, um, I would be very much appreciative. But if you don't, then... You dirty bag. I, I, hey, look, I am. But you know what it is? Uh, my sister is flying back from a holiday early. She went to the game on... Uh, she went to the game on Monday. Uh, Rich, you know with this bank holiday, I've lost all track of days. Yeah, I it's feel what, like I've been real mumbled you know what I mean? this podcast with my days and like, stuff. It's because I'm just saying in to... a flux. Yeah. And right now I'm on such a high, I can't stop smiling after Monday. But well, I've like, lost, somebody, lost all track of the week. Well, somebody was saying to me, oh, you must have come, you must have, have you come back down to earth from Saturday yet? And I thought, oh, what what day is it? And also, what what is going on? I'm very confused. Um, but yeah, it is Wednesday. So yeah, um, she flew back. Oh, she, she, she went to the game was absolutely hooked and she's been many a time but I can't always get her a ticket I obviously have to put myself first in that sense uh, because I'm very selfish like that and uh, anyway so I said I would at least try if uh, if there's one for her but if not she'll be in the town centre celebrating I'm sure with the rest of us fingers crossed Rich because I just don't see from this point of view how this group of players given how it ended against Notts County we're so close you know and people like look I'm looking at that dressing room Paul Mullin Ben Foster, Ben Tozer, Tom O'Connor, James Jones. And this is where you know, the Young. Halifax is, defeat, I think, come on. can almost not do us a favour because obviously it, it gave us that knock, but that has certainly wiped out any complacency, I think, that Halifax game. Right. Because they're not going to go into any match now thinking, well, we're get, definitely going to win this. They're not going to be thinking that it's a foregone conclusion. Torquay, Yeovil, you know, they might look comfortable on paper, but I think the players really now will realise that in this league, nothing is, is for granted. It doesn't matter what run you're on, who you've got in your team, you've just got to go in and do it on the day. So if we go Rich, on all four the title... Teams, all four teams left have got something to play for. Barnet are still not secured in the playoffs. Boreham Wood aren't secure in a couple of weeks. Yeovil and Torquay are scrapping to avoid relegation. Yeovil, like I say, maybe maybe they'll be gone. Maybe they'll be in need of a win at the race course. Who knows? Um, but, and but Torquay, so were Dover you know, when they came to right, the race course. Right, exactly, exactly. So if Torquay yeah. are down, we saw what happened with Dover.
elsewhere, Nafe, away from the football. Uh, ticket details for Wrexham Women's Playoff Final at Newtown this weekend. Uh, they, they are out now. If you go on the Wrexham website, you'll be able to find a full article on this. Wrexham Women will face uh, Ardan South, Adran South champions Britain Ferry uh, at Newtown FC this Sunday. Uh, Wrexham Women are in action. So are the under-19s. They'll be taking on Cardiff City to determine the Adran under-19s championship winners. So the Wrexham women match will take place at half four, uh, with the under-19s taking place at quarter past one. You can buy tickets which will cover both matches. They are only £3 for adults and £1 for concessions. They are available to buy from the Wrexham e-ticketing website uh, now. So that's for the championship showdowns this weekend at Newtown. Tickets are collection only, though. They must be picked up by midday on Saturday. And like I said, Wrexham women in action for promotion to the to top flight. That is half four on Sunday. And Big we'll be, Rich. We'll be Big. bringing you as much coverage of that as well as we can on Rob Red. if you need to follow the game for updates and any colour as well from, from the occasion as well. So, yeah, good luck to you, to you all. And fingers crossed. I mean, what a fantastic season it has been for them. One set of champions already. And hopefully there will be another in, in the coming days. But like I said, if you want more details on that, go to the uh, Wrexham Club web- website. There's an article there and that's where you can buy your tickets as well rich i guess then it's all on all eyes on the early alarm and a lot of people 5 30 4 a.m wherever you are traveling from whether it's south wales north wales scotland ireland wherever you're coming from barnet you know we, we moaned about bt sport moving the moving the kickoff time and talking of kickoff times no such thing as a 3 p.m now in the in the world of Wrexham because 12 30 against barnet uh, 6.30 against Boreham Wood, 7.45 before that against Yeovil, and then 5.30 on the last day of the season. But firstly, it's Barnet, trip to the Hive, packed out away, and it's been sold out for months and months. And you were getting the lowdown on, on what we're going to face. Yeah, ahead of the match, I was very lucky to be joined by Mem from the Bees pod, the Barnet podcast. He's a season ticket holder. Uh, he's got a wedding on Saturday, so he actually can't get out of it. He's someone who's been screwed over from the other side he he'd hoped that it was going to be a three three o'clock kickoff so that he could get to the wedding early then get to the hive but because it's been moved to 12 45 he'll be missing it as well but yes yeah, speaking ahead of the game he gave us the lowdown from barnett's point of view explained why they've had a recent drop in form but explained also why they will be right up for it this weekend so mem thanks very much for joining us on rob ryan red i suppose the question is how would you sort of judge Barnett's season so far then? In the playoffs, lost form as of late, but compared to last season, a dramatic turnaround. Yeah, I'll admit, I mean, I think we were looking at, when in our podcast, we were sort of estimating that the season 60, 65 points would be quite good. We've gone past that already with four games to go. And I think the aim is to try and get close to 80 points. That's the club that's... That was what the manager uh, had targeted. But it's been, I mean, for us, it's been a great season. I mean, nobody expects to be in and around the playoffs. And semi final the FA Trophy, and we should have, and we went out on penalties. Um, we should have had a, at least one win, a trip to Wembley this season. So, um, and we just finally got a team that's got a bit of heart and has got a bit of um, fight to it and some a team we can be proud of. So, 
there's really lots to be built on. Last season was a big clear out. This season will probably there'll probably be six newcomers we're aiming to get in. So it's not like it'll be more evolution rather revolution this um you know this summer. You look at the form table then, one win in the last five in the league. Are you still confident of playoffs or is there that worry at the back of your mind that things could peter out? I think everybody's play, playing everybody. So at the moment, loads of the teams around us take points of each other. Yes, it has gone down. And I wouldn't say it's down to form, but it's more down to the fact that um, this has been a long grind for the players. We've been playing pretty much Saturday, Tuesday for pretty much most of the season because um, we've, we've done quite, we've gone quite deep in certain cups. So, um, and so we've we've really been we've really the team is literally um, just trying to get over the line. And obviously, the last three games, um, we've been without our two top scorers. So, our two brain strikers. So, Nicky Kabamba and Harry Smith. Harry Smith had a really bad injury. Um, hopefully, he'll be back soon. Nicky Kabamba, I think, tweaked his groin. Um, so, the three last three games, we've been playing with our third choice striker, who, it'll, you know, in Ted's purposes, he's not, he's not the most prolific striker in the world. So, um, I think the team at the moment is just trying to keep going, pick up as many points as possible and hoping that Cabamba and Harry Smith will be back very soon. If you look back at the earlier meeting between the two sides, 7-5 at the race course, that sort of seems to look like it's summed up your season. You've scored 73 goals but conceded 64 this season. Is it sort of a case if you get lots of goals with Barnett but at both ends of the pitch? Yeah, but the funny thing is we went through a phase. So a lot of the goals we conceded quite early on in the season so, I mean, in a minute, you still concede quite a few goals, but there, we went through a phase where we basically didn't get, I think we went unbeaten for a massive stretch of, um, massive stretch. And, um, we started, we suddenly steadied it the ship. The big problem we've had at points in the season is where we've had injuries and we had, we had a spate of injuries together, which has meant that like we, the, the back four or five, cause we, we, we have a, a kind of, our system evolves as the game goes on. Um, our main core defenders, um, at one point we had, uh, which, uh, Ben Winter, Danny Collinge and Sam Beard, three of our, of our four main defenders out injured. So we've had to make, we've had to sort of patch up with lone players, um, and some of the sort of second string sort of players, but they're starting to come back into the team now. So we, so we looking like a little bit more, a little bit tighter now. Um, and uh was called it's really the other end where we've just had a few injuries now at the other end whereas for a long time we had a lot of injuries in the back we now have got injuries at the front end of the pitch so hopefully we can get our team back and hopefully if our team gets comes back fitness just in time for the playoffs and so we'll be up to back up to full strength we're not we're not a big we haven't got a big squad by any stretch of the imagination we haven't got like a rex and we're not county size squad so, so uh, look ahead to this weekend then you mentioned a few injuries who are the main men Wrexham should be worried about then? Who are your star players at the moment? So star players at the moment. So, say so Idris Kanu, who's our one of our wingers, but he kind of plays as a, like, like I said, we evolve after our system is, is is one that is very flexible. So Kanu can play at some at various points as a wing back, or he can play right up as a as a winger, right up on you know, um, right up the pitch. Um, if Kabamba if Kabamba is back from his injury, he's our top scorer. He's twenty nineteen or twenty. Um, centre mid Harry Pritchard scored fifteen from midfield this season. So 
there's three they're my there's three main guys i'd say and in terms of the hive then as a stadium for visiting fans what can the wrexham faithful expect for this early kickoff on saturday a warm welcome or think it'd be a, a hostile environment I don't think it'll be particularly hostile. We're not known for being a particularly hostile uh, group of supporters. Um, well, depending on the, the experience, will depend on where people have bought their tickets. So if Wrexham fans have decided to buy their tickets in the home end, expect to get turfed out. The, the club's been quite specific about the fact that if you are a Wrexham fan and you are in the home end, you'll be kicked out and you won't get a refund. So I'll be, yeah, I would make sure that there's no point travelling up if, you're, uh, if you bought a home ticket. Uh, or if you do, you're going to have to keep quiet. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but you've got you've got a stadium, modern stadium, good sight lines, bar at the back. You know, um, it's uh, it's it's a modern stadium. So yeah, so hopefully it should be a good game, good atmosphere. Uh, I think there's a lot of Barnet fans that bought tickets as well. So I think it should be quite a fun game. Yes, there's a lot. I mean, as far as for both of us, there's a lot riding it. In terms of the early kickoff, I know there's a lot of sort of outrage from Rexon's fans' point of view that it was moved short notice, ten days notice, when it was always going to be a massive game. It's a bit yeah. annoying that BT didn't have the foresight to think let's move it in advance. Any sort of anger from the Barnet fans' point of view, or is it a bit low key because it was a home game anyway? It doesn't affect the majority. No, I think. Or... No, I think what what one thing you what I would say about Barnet fans is that Barnet fans are very much a group of fans that. Look at the look at the bigger picture. Um, we've been in the league a lot of our a lot of our history as a club, and we kind of almost like things like the two up uh, farce. You know, the fact that only two teams go up, the fact that they're moving games. So we are sort of fans that would look at other teams and say, "Well, that's bang, that's bang out of order." And we have, you know, at times we've shown a lot of sympathy to clubs like Southend. We've gone through a lot of problems with their finances and stuff. So we are a I would say as a group of supporters, we are quite a well-informed uh, bunch who look at the bigger picture and kind of, um, and, and actually there is a quite a lot of anger actually, because there's not, and it, to be honest, some of it is a bit self-serving because there will, there will be people who are working in the morning and had built their day around the fact that there was going to be a three o'clock kickoff. And now they'll go to their work, their boss and say, oh, I actually know the morning shift I said I could do. Uh, actually, can I change it now? So there are a lot of people, there will be people that will be put out um, buy it. Uh, people maybe you've got getting lifts, transport, whatever. Barnet's got quite their support base is actually spread quite far, um, because the hide isn't in Barnet. Yeah, so a lot of our fans, and also being in London suburban town, um, you've got a lot of the fans that moved out. Like for instance, I live in, out in the depths of Hertfordshire in, in North Hertfordshire. A lot of our fans will live a good 30, 40, 50 miles away, so it it can it can have an impact on everybody's travel. So it's not just Wrexham, but I think a lot of fans have said this is ridiculous for Wrexham fans. Wrexham needs seven points to guarantee the title. What chance do we have of getting three on Saturday? Depends what team we put out. To be called fairness, if we put out the same team we did on Monday, I think it's, I think it's a free hit for you guys. Because um, the the team on uh, team on we've got we have got some injuries and some key players and lots of players that are knackered, genuinely knackered, and and could do with a. Uh, a bit of a rest, but we just don't have the players to. Um, I think at this stage, a lot of the other we notice in a lot of the other clubs are now starting to drop points. Ball would have dropped quite a few points lately, and I think it's down to the fact that it's just been a long slog of a season. Um, but I think if we've got if we get our full team out, I always would. I'd always fancy 
um, us getting a result with our full squad. I mean, we drew with Lost County very, uh, only a couple of weeks ago. And we every every bit there equal in that game. So if we can get our team out, then I think we've got a chance. It depends. But you guys have got such strength and depth. It's just, you know. Yeah. I, I suppose the final question for you then is, how you said it's already been sort of a successful season anyway because you've you've achieved your target, you're on course to potentially get eighty points. Are you feeling confident that you could go into the playoffs as the dark horse, really, the team with the momentum and and cause an upset and potentially get back to the football league? Um, yeah, I'll do because I look at. I mean, I look at the teams in the playoffs. So far, I believe that we have the only team that in the playoffs that we haven't beaten has been Woking. Um, already this season, we've beaten other teams that are, that are currently in the playoff places, I believe. Um, I personally think that there were, if we were playing Notts County in the playoffs, for instance, if you guys go up, um, I think in a one-off game, we've got a good chance against Notts County. There'd be points, we've drawn them 1-1, we should have won, lost to them, but the first half of the game, we were, we were a bit, we were really on top and we should have basically, we were one up and we should have made it two and, and really, you know, uh, but we didn't, um, and we let them back into it. So in a one-off game, the only team that, that really actually slightly worries me is Woking, because I've just been never so super organised. They're the only team I've seen so far this season that I've gone, all right, this team really well coached. And I think co- compared to Notts County and Wrexham, who've just got really good players, Woking have got where they got because they've got really well coached. Um, yeah. And that and that worries me, because I think we kind of a bit like a... Barnet this season were a bit like a, a one of those boxers who comes out throwing loads of punches and hoping that one hits. Um, we're not, you know, we're not we're not a measured team by any stretch. We are very much ball action, you know, like you get you get one, we get two kind of uh, kind of attitude. So we're not really. So I think we got a chance if we if it goes in our favour, we've got a really good chance going up. So, Naif, you only have to look at the league table. Barnet, 73 goals scored, 64 conceded. Lots of goals at both ends. I know they had that decent run of, of clean sheets and keeping goals out earlier in the season. Like we said, they have not, they've won one of their last five in the National League, including as well that trophy semi-final defeat to Gateshead on penalties. Last time out, they drew nil-nil with Maidstone. They drew with Bromley before that. They lost away at York. They've also drawn with Barnet. They drew with Notts County as well only last month. So they're a bit of a helter-skelter team. They've got a lot of firepower in attack, certainly vulnerable at the back. You know, they have dropped off somewhat since earlier in the season. You think back to that 7-5. I was going to say, vulnerable at the back. I mean, they shipped seven goals. You know, that must have been the most we've scored in one game in the Phil Parkinson era, surely. I'm trying to think if we scored seven in any other game. I don't think I can't we did. remember it. No, and even no. just for a Wrexham game to have twelve goals in it and for us to actually well, come out bonkers. on the on the right side of that is is ridiculous. I mean, was the last time that would that have been the six four at Hartlepool with Juan Ugarte scoring all those I mean, goals? I'm, I'm also thinking I'm also thinking of the Dover game as well. That was what was that? Oh, six, yes, five? eleven. Yes. That was eleven. There you go. So But yeah, I mean but... Barnett <sighs> They are a good Nick, team. Look, like we said, they're still fifth yeah. in the table, but surely. They're no, they're no pushovers, are they? And look, they'll be bang at it. I mean, I think I saw somebody sent me a picture of home tickets going for like 30, 40 quid. Um, so if that's true, I mean, everyone's going to want to be there for the big game. 
you know, they gave Notts County a run for their money. They're, they'll be bang at it. I'm sure Nicky Cabamba will be fit and firing. It, it's one of them where a lot of these teams against Wrexham, I hate the phrase have nothing to lose because they have three points to lose and Barnet need a win. Um, you know, they need a win to just sort of settle themselves a bit in the playoffs. I, I just think that they'll they'll go for it. I, I honestly don't think they'll sit back at home and I think there'll be chances there for us. I'm, I'm going to go another high-scoring game. I think it probably... I'm going to go Wrexham for Barnet 2. Jeez, I like that optimism. I was going to say, Ooh. early kickoffs for me always seem to be a bit drab. I know That's people fair. just... I think of sort of York away, etc. I think... I mean, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be a disaster if we did drop Drew. If we draw this weekend, I, I don't, it's, it's not the end of the world. I no, do no. think we've got enough now. I'm going to go 2 0 Wrexham. I think we just, we're so focused now on this mindset of just getting over the line that I'm backing the boys to do it. And like I said, if we win on Saturday, I will be, I'll be optimistic next week, okay? I promise Get you that there. because I'll finally will have had my arm twisted. But like I said, until we've got sort of the trophy or the, that's, that letter C next to us on, on the league table, I'm always just going to be so damaged from the past. So I do apologise for that. But Rich, by the I'm time we come back on, by the time we come on next time, we could be a point away. We could be one point away. You know, we've got the Yeovil game in midweek as well. We could be one point away. By the time, and who knows, with Notts County against Woking, by the time we come back, potentially it could be all over. It's remarkable, isn't it? We could be Mad. champions the next time we do this podcast. Are we, are we, we may have to do an emergency. Well, will we do an emergency podcast? Who knows? Let's wait and see what happens. But who knows? By the time we next do this podcast, we could be in the Football League. We could have ended 15 years in the National League. I'm not getting think, let, that, away let that sink in. I, I just know, know it could. Know. It could. It could be the case. Could yes. can a lot of things, but it, just think about that. How close we are. That's what I'm saying. One more week, we could be there. We could be a point away. We may be panicking a little bit and saying we, you know, what's going on? Um, football, eh? Who'd uh, my, my family was saying if people had been strapped up to heart monitors during the uh, during the the Notts County game, what would it have shown? Probably something that wasn't very healthy, but Off the also charts. very, very fun. I think I, yeah. Off the I, charts. I think that penalty given, I was sort of legally dead for a minute, but, <laughs> uh, you know, we're back in it now. and Brought back to ta- life. Yeah, and like we said, with Easter Reds, title dreams dead on the Friday, resurrected by the Monday. Wrexham, seven points from the promised oh. land. Four games left. We'll be back next week. Wrexham might already be there by then. Barnet away on Saturday, Yeovil at home next Tuesday. And we'll be back next week to look back at whatever might have happened across those two games and look ahead to Wrexham's penultimate match of the season, Boreham Wood at home. It could be the coronation that we're all waiting for. Nath, thank you very much for joining us on a bumper episode of Rob Ryan Red. Thank you very much. And thank you once again, wherever you are in the world. As always, please do leave a like, subscribe, leave us a Spotify comment or review if you can as well. And tell a friend, that is the best way for us to keep growing as a podcast and keep reaching new Wrexham fans all across the world. Massive shout out as always to our sponsors, Red 10 People Development. Without you, we simply couldn't record this every week. And a massive shout out to Wrexham-based band Hypnotic. The Wrexham way, it might just be changing four games left seven points needed take care we'll see you again next time
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.